It takes more than crashing and burning in live demos to be a great software engineer. This is episode 169 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show for technical people about all the non-technical questions that they have. I crashed and burned. Well, not crashed and burned. I lost, I don't know, like a wing, but still managed <laughs> to land it in a live demo I did. <laughs> Have you ever done a demo where you're like, okay, I'm going to run through the demo three times beforehand to make sure I work out all the glitches. And then there's some bug that only manifests after the app has been run three times. I'm pretty sure I upgraded versions of Chrome between when I practiced the demo and when I gave it (laughs) and they changed the thing. So I did practice it and the rest of it went great. Well, one part did not. The part where you got your wings clipped. Yeah. Got my wings clipped, still landed. Okay. But It was a harrowing experience. (laughs) Let's talk about our patrons. Okay, it's a new month, which means we have a new list. We have some every week shout outs and one time shout outs. We want to thank everyone who's contributing at the level that gets them the shout out. They are Matthew Voidovich, The Agile Ventures Charity, Ted Nugent, Crash Bandicoot, Zach Grannon, This Engineer Goes Up to 11X, (laughs) 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 Luis Santos, Nick Cantar. Taras Karuk, Sean, Sonny Ty, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ivo Robotnik, Murray Rousseau, Chris Hogan, Chase Norton, Stanley Tactical Radio, and one-time shout-outs to Pavlo Morgan, Cedric, and Dimitri Jansen. Thank you so much. If you'd like to support the show, go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And if you do, we will send you an invite to our Slack community where you can join, discuss episodes, discuss things, ask questions. So many awesome conversations happening there every week. It's fantastic. There's a pretty good one about googly eyes attached to your desk and how you <laughs> deal with it slash retaliate. Yeah, retaliate. so we send out we send out the Slack invites at the beginning of the month, which is when Patreon bills folks. So if you subscribed last month or supported last month, you should get one probably already by the time this episode comes out. Thank you so much. Yes, and it turns out we've been nominated for a award on the internet, a very meaningful Non-made up, (laughs) not something that Dave and I put up ourselves. (laughs) Actually, that's true. That is true. We did not put this up. Called The Noonies. Go to hackernoon.com, click on Noonies, click on Dev Podcast. You'll find Soft Skills Engineering. Look, Jameson and I are desperate. We need validation. If you can't can't join us on Patreon, at least click the plus button by The Noonie Award and vote us into that number one spot. Yeah, spend your precious, precious engagement on us. They say that the smartest minds of our generation are working today on optimizing ad click-through rates. We just want you to click this one thing. Like, you don't have to be smart to do it. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) What I mean is the smartest minds of this podcast hosts group are working on getting you to click on this poll. (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right okay we'll put a link to it in the show notes too yes okay i'm gonna dive into our first question this is from an anonymous listener one of my coworkers at the software company i currently work on has an uncommon set of beliefs that include among many other things a strong mistrust of mainstream science he is currently very concerned about the effect that wi-fi signals have on our health and wants the company to make some changes to our wi-fi hubs and our devices wireless connection usage I found in the past that it's not easy to have a conversation with him about this type of topic. How can I be respectful to him and not undermine our work relationship while not giving in to connectivity inconvenience based on fringe science beliefs? Okay, I feel like I feel like I need to lay some groundwork here before we jump into this question. And I'll just say my beliefs are the moon landing was faked. Earth is flat 
and the demise of jQuery was an inside job. <laughs> that John Resig was a secret plant from <laughs> the framework authors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Big framework. Yeah. Big framework took him out. Yeah, the, yeah. If I were smarter, there's like an Illuminati joke I could make about all the core teams <laughs> of Vue and Angular and React and stuff. Yep. Yeah, this is, huh. Yeah, so I've I've worked with I've worked with coworkers who had what I considered to be fringe beliefs that I disagreed with quite a bit, but it it was just like okay, I won't talk about like topic X with that person, but it wasn't ever related to work. It was just there's this kind of after some uncomfortable heated conversations, I was like, okay, we disagree a lot, <laughs> and it's probably not. I don't know. If there's much much value to to get out of these further conversations, but this is like this is a work thing. This would be like if I believed that zoom was secretly opening a web server on your computer and refused to use it when zoom is your main audio video chat client you are such a conspiracy theorist <laughs> that would never <Yeah>. happen <laughs> yep <laughs> wait a minute you know one of the things that i find interesting about this is like isn't it true that software developers all have kind of fringy beliefs like I believe that monads are, you know, whatever. <laughs> I believe that this time I will write good code and this project will never be hard to work in. <laughs> These fringe, <Exactly>. unproven beliefs. <laughs> yes. If we switch from Scrum to Kanban, our productivity will go up a thousand percent. You know our problem? It's we don't have enough services. And if we split this into a bunch of individual <laughs> services and run them on Kubernetes, the overall effort will go way down to operate our platform. <laughs> but isn't it isn't it true though that like probably ninety percent of what we call best practices in software engineering are basically based on junk science? Yeah, I have a book sitting on my desk. I'm gonna hold it up. I'm gonna drop it on the desk so you can hear. That was it. It's called <laughs> Making Software: What Really Works and Why We Believe It. And it's kind of like a research overview of research into software engineering. And I think the thing that I've gotten from reading it is. It's all either common sense or no one knows anything. It's like, yeah, if you're a horrible jerk to people, your software is worse because it's collaborative. That makes sense. Or like we put 18 different languages in this shootout and it turns out they all are the same with defect rate or I don't know. Right. It's, it's totally unclear. Right. Interesting. So... I think we're agreeing with him and saying, yeah, Wi-Fi signals are <laughs> bad for your health. And I mean, they're just as bad for your health as, say, waterfall is for your development uh, productivity. Actually, yeah, that's a, just as bad. If, I mean, if you have a fridge full of, like, Red Bull, that's probably a lot worse for your health than Wi-Fi signals. Maybe you can oh, that's a, that's give a him point. some non-fringe <laughs> science about how. I don't know. That will never work. I don't think there's anything about convincing this person <laughs> Wi-Fi is okay because... Oh, yeah. This is where... This is one... The one thing I know about this situation is do not engage. Do not, like, be like, like, I'm going to lay out the facts for you. <laughs> you just don't understand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like nothing will make... I don't know. I'm going to cast a little bit of a broad net here, maybe paint with an extra wide brush and just say people who get into this kind of stuff. And and by the way, I actually don't have an opinion on the Wi-Fi thing, but people who tend to get into like conspiracy theories and pseudoscience, when you try to convince them with facts, the almost inevitable outcome is they double yeah. down. Yeah, I double down in arguments with my family. 
It's it's like and, a human and, thing, you know? <laughs> and the reason I know this is because about 10 years ago, I tried to guide a team from using subversion to using Git. <laughs> ah, <laughs> the fringe like... <laughs> science of distributed version control. It was fringe, yeah. right? Yeah. Back then? Oh, man, so hard to convince them. I don't know, Dave. That... Wait a minute. There's a commit and a push step? That's like just an extra step. Huh. Anyway, double down. What happened? Oh, uh, well, eventually we got them on <laughs> Git. Oh, I'll tell you what happened. The the Git SVN wrapper <laughs> where you can use SVN. At least it looks like SVN, but under the hood it's Git. So the Okay, okay. Git. That's I I got it then. You have to build a tinfoil funnel that collects all the <laughs> Wi-Fi signal and then you just plug an Ethernet cord into the end and plug that into your laptop. Oh. And say Perfect. this is this is the Wi-Fi to Ethernet wrapper, and you have to wear this on your head. Yeah, so the rest of us can walk around. I mean, Wi-Fi. this is an interesting. It makes me wonder what fringe beliefs I could adopt that would just get me out of doing things I didn't want to do. Like hmm. I, I believe that the Rothschilds are behind uh, quarterly planning, and every time <laughs> you do it it just it just puts another dollar in their pocket for them to spend on the lizard people or whatever like what so now i now now you don't security have security audits you know what they're just a way for space government to get access to your system <laughs> that's you know that's who's really behind them all right the, yeah, the security security, it's, oh, yeah it's just piping all your data directly to the alien overlords <laughs> Just kidding. I want to do security audits, but I right, mean, sure you do. <laughs> I want to know if my stuff is insecure. I'll leave it to your imagination okay. to decide if that means I want to do security audits or not. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think you're right that there's this essential conflict that no one's going to convince him like, oh, I just didn't read the right study no. about the safety of Wi-Fi or I didn't, I didn't experiment the right way with my own brain matter or whatever. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's a peaceful resolution where you can convince him. I think you just have to this is the the reason managers were invented, you know. Like, if you're a coworker, oh. you don't have to you don't have to solve it. And I'm pretty sure there's no way that this one person is going to convince everyone to not use Wi-Fi in an office of software developers. I yeah. mean, you have like phones, and there, there's it, it's just flooded. The poison is there, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah um. So I I feel like this is a case where you need a manager to step in and say, I understand you have these beliefs but we just aren't going to do this because of like team productivity reasons or whatever. Like it it would, it would, it seems like it would be inappropriate to let this one person's opinion change how the whole team worked when it's not really based in stuff that the other, the rest of the team agrees in, I guess is how I'd put it. And so you're basically saying punt it to your manager. I think so. Yeah. Like this is what they're for. They're, uh, it sounds like you have a, a kind of a conflict, but really like it's not your job to decide what the office IT Wi-Fi policy should be. So I don't sure. know why. I mean, I don't know why you have to be the one to deal with it. Like, I, I don't. I don't think the question asker feels like they need to deal with it and put this 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 question to bed. Mm-hmm. I think it's more like this is one of many topics that you can accidentally step on and blow off your leg when you're dealing with this person. Hmm. And I really like the way the question was framed, which is, "How can I be respectful to him while not undermining our work relationship, while not giving in to all the inconvenience?" based on these beliefs, whether it's, and I, w- I would extend that and say whether it's this Wi-Fi question or any number of other topics that may be work impacting. And and I think that's actually quite a bit harder. Like, you know, is it possible to completely sidestep a conversation when this person is like dead set on talking about it? Yeah. 
And that's a good point because it would be easy to flip the bozo bit and say, this person is just a goofball and I don't trust anything they say and I'm going to avoid them. But that's not a productive working relationship. Yeah. There is some give and take here where uh, if it's making it so no one can collaborate with them, that's it's affecting their job performance. And you can't just, I I don't know, you, you have to be able to work with people without lecturing them all the time about yeah the mole men (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i i'm trying not to make fun of him but i just can't not don't tell him all the he'll just double down on the mole men if you tell him we made fun of him (laughs) so so what do you think so so dave i said talk to the manager have the manager say hey we're not going to change all the access points please continue to do your work and you you brought up that it's not really about that. It's like that might make it so it doesn't happen, but he he's still going to bring it up every time you sit down at his computer to pair or something like that. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Not not to mention there may be other topics as well. Yeah. So so how do you carefully navigate? You know, I one of the things that I am pretty good at, and this isn't something that I've worked at, but one of the things I'm pretty good at is kind of smoothing over conversations where someone kind of wants to get hostile with me. I am just such a coward. And so conflict, <laughs> so conflict averse that I'll just kind of smile and nod and be like, okay, yeah, all right, cool. Hey, uh, could we talk about this bug that we're working on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And just like make them feel heard. You don't have to internalize what they're saying, but they need to feel heard. And I think sometimes the only way to get them to stop talking about these topics that you don't want to talk about is to let them get it all out there. And then once they feel heard, They'll they'll be more comfortable to move on to another topic. Oh, I don't know. I I feel like I've talked to some people where they will feel heard at the heat death of the universe, where there there's <laughs> there's an infinite amount of words in them about that topic. And listening to the words only makes more words. Yeah, yeah. Out. It's like oh, someone who is open to my ideas. Great. Ooh. <laughs> I would do the I would do literally the opposite of what you said and deflect and say like. <laughs> Well, no, not the opposite. I would do the first thing you said, which is smile, nod, and say, okay, cool. Let's talk about this pull request. And and then deflect it away from the tricky things to discuss back to work stuff. Okay, so there's like three options here. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're, you're, at a, you're at an intersection that has a left, a straight, and a right. Left is listen respectfully, let them get everything out on the table. Right is in, engage them in combat. <laughs> And straight is just smile and nod and mo- just keep on driving. And I think what you're saying <laughs> is if I go left or right, they're going to double down. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. yeah, And I, I agree with that. I'm not saying you have to like sit down, get out your popcorn and just like consume everything they say. But you at least have to acknowledge like that they said something. And then, you know, you don't have to agree. You don't have to disagree. But I understand you feel that way. Yeah. Like I, I can on. understand why you'd, why you'd think that. Like a little empathy, I think, would go a long way here. And not so much empathy that you're like sitting down as a pupil, you know, as letting them mentor you on the ways of the mole men. Mm-hmm. But, but so much that, you know, you're like, okay, I acknowledge that you said that. I heard your point. I'm not even going to tell you whether I agree or disagree. I'm just going to move on. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I think if you're not trying to, if you're not worried about it actually happening, then that makes sense. You just kind of acknowledge it briefly and then keep going with your day. Don't make it the focus don't get sucked into discussions about it. Yeah. And if you're concerned that this person is making headway with management and actually going to get your Wi-Fi removed and you're opposed to that, 
drop a note to your manager and just say, hey, I know that this is on the table. I just wanted to voice my opinion, which is that I love having Wi-Fi. I'm not concerned about the health effects and I like the productivity that it gives and I hope you'll keep it. You know, just put that out on the table and move on. There's not really not much more you can do. You need a pro Wi-Fi conspiracy. <laughs> like it's That's good what for you your need. health? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it cleans out the brain fog. I have a hot tub in my house away. that's not full of water. It's full of Wi-Fi. <laughs> and I just, I bathe in it every night. All You've these got just a bunch TP of... TP-Link access points sitting yeah, in the tub with me. Carefully arranged so that the the focus points are just right between your ears. Oh, yeah. I've got like 20 Pringles cantennas in the bathtub. <laughs> and when you get out of the bathtub, you can use it to cook popcorn. That's right. <laughs> Neat. All right. Okay. Should, should, should we move on to our next question? I think so. Yeah. Do you want to read it? Okay. Yeah. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, hello, I love the show. The humor interjected into real advice or real advice interjected into humor <laughs> makes thinking of boring and scary things like coworker re- relations or quitting your job sound fun. Everyone should resolve conflict and or quit. <laughs> the two choices. <laughs> <laughs> you can either resolve this or quit. All right. That's a good Let's summary move- for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the rest of the question here. It says, I just started a new gig and I'm running into a situation I haven't before. We have flexible work hours, but unlike at previous jobs, people actually use them. I am meant to be pairing with another dev who is working quite different hours than me. And I have a couple questions. Number one, how do we communicate about this clearly? I tried to set expectations at the onset, but it seems we missed the boat. I asked when he works, told him when I work, and it didn't seem this far off. But on a day we're supposed to pair, he's here an hour and a half after me, which means I'll leave an hour and a half before him. Question two, how do we make the time together the most effective? How can we turn about six hours of work into something meaningful, given normal distractions of meetings, bathroom breaks, etc.? Six hours of work. I can turn two hours of work into something meaningful and then goof <laughs> off the whole rest of the day. <laughs> Just kidding. I was going to say, like, it's been a long time since I've had six actually effective hours yeah, in that's, a work day. that's a high bar. I, I work more than six hours, but... Well, you are at work more than six hours. <laughs> yeah. It's there's just so much overhead, right? Yeah, so many bathroom breaks, you know. Yeah, <laughs> if you're if you're really hydrating sufficiently, you got to go to the bathroom a lot. Yep. And and how do you squeeze in your Wi-Fi bath breaks? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I just have a Wi-Fi bodysuit. <laughs> it's like a it's it's like a wetsuit. Wetsuits work by keeping a layer of water in there, and the water heats oh. up because your body heats. And yes. that's what the Wi-Fi does. It just gets. Activated? You pump it in. Yeah, pump, pump it in in the pump morning. Pump the Wi-Fi in. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you flush it out. You don't want that stale, crusty Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, yeah. You need fresh Wi-Fi every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best Wi-Fi comes from this little region of France that you have heard of. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just radio waves. <laughs> Okay, how do you that how was, do, you do that it? That was really funny. So <laughs> uh, this is, might be a dumb question, but six hours of consistent pairing seems like a lot. I mean, maybe this is an expectation at your workplace that you will pair more than six hours in a row, but that seems like that seems like a good chunk. I mean, can you just do stuff by yourself until 
you're together and then go back to splitting up? Yeah. Do, do pair programming shops tend to spend the entire day in a pair or do they have dedicated pair time and then individual time? So we had Netta, a friend on a, a couple months ago on a podcast and she works at a full-time pair shop and they just pair. They don't code without pairing basically. But I don't know if, if they're all like that. I've never worked somewhere like that. I've worked at plenty of places that pair ad hoc or that will have bursts of a couple weeks of pairing on a specific project. And in those places, it's been pretty flexible of like, we kind of decide as a pair how much time we're going to pair. But it, the expectation okay. isn't that you have to just do it the whole day or it doesn't. It, that, it's, that seems it's exhausting work. to me. Oh, it totally is. I hear people say you get used to it, but I did not get used to it. <laughs> and then we stopped <laughs> and did something else and I was very tired. Okay. So I guess... Uh... Let's start with question one. How do we communicate about this clearly? And I think there's a lot of value in sitting down with someone that you already have an existing relationship with and where habits have crept in kind of organically and just stating them explicitly and saying, here's what I'm observing that we are doing rather than just saying, well, those th those habits evolved. We can't we can't talk about them. We can't change them. That's just what's going to be <laughs> this unspoken know? secret. Can't acknowledge them. Yeah. Isn't that kind of how? Yeah kind of how we, we roll sometimes though yeah i think so yeah and i think it'd be a good idea to write these things down and just say here's what the schedule looks like here are the parts of it that i think are good and here's what i think is bad and let's let's recalibrate now and maybe maybe even put a time bound on it and say i want to spend the next month trying something different and then assess how it went at the end of the month this tension between flexible work hours and real-time collaboration is is interesting i've definitely felt this where uh, I've been pretty lucky, lucky to work at places where they all say that you can have flexible work hours, but then there are meetings and the flexible work hours are like, as long as you go to your meetings and those are at a certain time. And I'm not just yeah, going to drive home every, between every meeting and I don't know, drive <laughs> back at midnight or whatever. So there's, there's certainly some tension to work whenever you are most effective and you need to work on this thing with this other person in real time, not over some asynchronous collaboration format. Yeah, there must be like a spectrum of flexibility, right? And like the only way to really achieve total flexibility is to work completely alone. Yeah, or, yeah, or completely asynchronously. You just never have meetings, just email yeah. and True. documents and that's it, which probably is the dream for some people. Yeah, I think I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I'd, I would be sad too, I think. So yeah, like to me, if you're going to be saying that pair programming is our policy, then I don't see how you can have really flexible work hours too, because you are limited to what your pair can do. Yeah, there, it does seem like there's a bit of a value conflict there of, of yeah. I mean, who, who's telling them to pair? I am meant to be pairing. It's the leader. <laughs> capital T, capital L, the leader. The leader has the leader's tentacles in all organizations. <laughs> <laughs> the leader communicates via Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So there's something I think I'm missing here, and I don't know if I'm going to get it by saying I'm missing it on, on the show, but there is this tension between we have to pair or get to or whatever, and we have flexible work hours. And I think you have to resolve that, and I agree with what Dave said, that you... Resolved by sitting down. And maybe you just agree, hey, we're going to do work that isn't pairing on the time we're not together. Or maybe you say, we will each come in shifted 45 minutes from when we normally do. Yeah. Uh, you said they, they, they come in later, it sounds like, and leave later, and you come in earlier and leave earlier. Maybe it's an irregular pairing session, and it's this scheduled thing, 
and and it's kind of like a big deal that you're looking forward to and then it just doesn't quite work out perfectly i could see that happening if i was really excited for this thing i thought was happening at a specific time and it wasn't it wasn't just everyday work i would get bummed out if if it felt like someone else just didn't it would feel like they just didn't care about it or maybe didn't want to do it you know i'm not i'm not quite sure i follow so say say they pair once every two weeks it's not every day you know okay and it's on the schedule of like this is the day of pairing the day of union a day of union you know (laughs) gotta give it a weird culty title that sounds like a ritual (laughs) okay and then uh so it's on the calendar and you show up all excited to pair and they just don't show up for an hour and a half i see so you think it's this scheduled important thing and to them it's like oh yeah i'll show up and pair today and come in when i want to or whatever but either way, I mean, there is there is an expectations mismatch here, and I feel like you should clarify that. And it, a good way to do that is by asking, how do you think this pairing should work? Yeah. And and that that's a little less combative than saying, hey, listen, I sat and waited for an hour and a half and just just cried the whole time because <laughs> I was sad because I was alone. There was no union on the day of union. <laughs> Only solitude. You, uh, even if you even if you approach it the first way, the non-combative way, where you say, "How do you think this should work?" You have to be a little bit delicate about how you approach that, because sometimes when you come in with a question like that, like you can come across as passively combative if you say something like, "How do you think this should be working?" <laughs> Listen, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I have some questions for you. <laughs> what exactly? Are you going for here? And it might be good to just flat out share your feedback on the process first and then ask for their feedback. That might put the put them into a more, I don't know, that could go either way depending on the person, but it might have the effect of putting them into a more collaborative mood to discuss the issues. Flip a coin. Flip a coin to pick whether you start with how you feel or ask them how they feel. It's true. If you want true statistical significance, you got to have a random sample. Yeah, you got to do this a bunch of times. That's true. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> hmm. So the multiverse is the answer to this question, right. I think. That's right. Or if you could just erase people's memories, <laughs> that would also Ah, work. yes. Maybe it's already working and your coworker has done this to you. Maybe this is like the 14th time you've asked us this question and erased our memories. Because <laughs> we didn't answer it very well. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I, th- I think you just have to talk to them about it. Because it's possible they just don't know that you're expecting to pair for a solid eight hours and and you want them to come in at a certain time that matches the time you come in, especially if you have this overlying or this overall culture of flexible work hours. Yeah. That feels like a boring answer, though. Just talk to them about it. I mean, isn't that always the answer, though? It is. Yeah. We just we just kind of think really hard and then go, you should talk to them. (laughs) Yeah. I think you should tell them how you feel about it. Kindly. We didn't say talk to your manager, though. That's the other Ooh. staple advice of the show. You know what? You know what you could do here. We're going to go way, way off track here. Now, you could talk to one of your peers who also pairs and ask them, "How do you manage schedule mismatches?" Hmm? Yeah, I mean, I tried to set expectations at the onset, but it seems we missed the boat. I asked when he works, told him when I worked, and it didn't seem far off. But he came in late that one day. Yeah, I guess the weird thing is you don't want to be this person's fake boss and say like, listen, I noticed you came in an hour and a half late. That's a weird thing. So it is kind of a delicate conversation, but I think it's worth bringing up and just saying, hey, I thought we were going to pair the whole day, but it's hard to pair when I don't know your schedule. And and if you 
if you can use this flexibility to make it easier to find a time where you can both overlap, that feels good. That's a that's a win. Maybe you don't have to necessarily start at 9 a.m. because you can start at yeah. 11 or whatever, but you just both start at the same time. Yeah, as long as you're agreed on that time, I guess. Yeah, I think if you can be flexible about when, as long as it's, yeah, the same words Dave just said, but All right, so- I was going to say too many. <laughs> too many words yeah okay before we wrap up then number two question number two how do we make our time more effective and i'm thinking attention enhancing medication like oh. have you seen limit limitless no i thought you were talking about like adderall because <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing maybe limit limitless is that a tv show yeah there's a movie with uh oh gosh i'm gonna reveal my ignorance here brandon cooper bradley cooper Bradley Cooper. And he took a pill and his eyes turned blue and he got really smart for like a day. Okay. This is a good one. But anyway, yeah. So get one of those. Yeah. So if you could take, to make your time the most effective, you just both need to be smarter. Okay. I feel like amphetamines have come up a few times on this show. Uh, Maybe it's a theme now. (laughs) No bathroom breaks. I mean, it's right on the list. Normal distractions of meetings, bathroom breaks. Just cut those out. (laughs) <laughs> you, you have a really fancy Aeron chair. <laughs> it's the the deluxe model that doesn't even require bathroom breaks. The, oh, okay, I see. We're not we're way beyond lumbar support here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I have paired, it has typically been uh, in intense times where we just clear our schedule for meetings. I mean, if you schedule pairing sessions, then you're you're unavailable to go to meetings so mm-hmm. maybe you can schedule that stuff ahead of time just book, book your calendar full yep or just work even faster work Type faster yeah work faster so that your six hours has the effect of eight maybe switch to a dvorak keyboard switch to dvorak yeah <laughs> speaking speaking of junk science <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I just, I just the hordes of Dvorak, yeah. and and they're typing just furiously, but they can't remember where the letters are. So it's going to take them <laughs> a long time to type their angry yeah. tweets to you. In like three weeks, we're going to get a bunch of hate mail. It'll be like handwritten because they'll have given up. <laughs> they gave up. Yeah. If okay, I sorry. if I will live to be a thousand, then I would switch to Dvorak right now. But yeah, okay. Not the ROI is like a yeah, 900 I, I don't, year. I, yeah, I don't think it's there for me. <laughs> okay. I guess, I mean, there are people who do it for RSI reasons. That seems legitimate. Yep. But I think that's that's it. I mean, I, I guess I don't quite understand because the times I've paired, it's it's been so focused that that hasn't felt like the problem. How do we get, how do we work effectively for the time we're pairing? It's more like, how do we make it happen and have the stamina to keep it up and communicate well mm-hmm. during it? But it has felt very productive when I do these long pairing sessions. So. Oh yeah, it's like it's like the solution to eliminating distraction. Yeah, yeah, you can't just look at Twitter if you're unless you're doing it together and then you pair tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pair pair retweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, did we answer it? I think so. We did. All right. Good luck, anonymous listener. Where can people go if they want to get their own questions answered? They can go to softskills.audio and click ask a question. They will also find the support us on Patreon button. And you can share the show with your friends if you enjoy it. We love talking to people that listen. I met a few listeners the other day and it was great talking to them about the show. And thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye.